0: visit adhdessentials.com for more details. The ADHD parenting group is filling up. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Twice a week for 6 weeks this summer, we'll be looking at ADHD parenting through the themes of structure and systems, communication, emotions, self-care, connection, and questions. We'll strategize ways to make mornings smoother, compliance easier, and conversations deeper. Space is limited, so email me at brendan at Essentials.com today to save your spot. That's brendan at This is episode 22. My guest today is Ryan McCrae, the ADHD nerd. Ryan is a former resident director and taught freshmen how to succeed in college. With so many kids getting ready to take that step, I thought we'd get ahead of it. But don't be fooled. The tips in today's episode apply to all ages, elementary school through adulthood. Ryan can be found at his blog theadhdnerd.com, dedicated to helping people be more productive, successful, and happy, especially those of us with ADHD. And if you go to theadhdnerd.com essentials, you'll find a free book waiting for you. Four apps to help you focus. In today's episode, Ryan and I talk about why high school is a restaurant while college is a buffet. Strategies for organizing a calendar, how to get more reading in, and the value of an emergency productivity kit. All right, let's get rolling. I
1: worked for 9 years at over at Cal State San Marcos near San Diego, California, and I was also a college uh, instructor there. I worked with uh, incoming freshmen, so I was the guy who Taught them their study skills and how not to flunk out of college and that sort of thing.
0: Those sorts of things are incredibly useful for kids with ADHD who are going to college and to help parents who have kids with ADHD that are going to college. So that's really what I want to dig into today, if we can. What did that course look like? What sorts of things were you teaching kids?
1: Well, the premise of the course is when you're in high school, you have this structure. Eight to nine is this class. Nine to ten is this class. The bell rings, you move. The teacher will remind you about the test tomorrow or next week or that 10-page paper, what have you. In college, all that structure just falls away. It's gone. There is no bell. There is no reminder. You are adrift. You know, in college, it's where I discovered I have ADHD, and I just couldn't figure out how everyone got to class on time and how they got their assignments done. and Everyone was just coming from a different planet than I was. And then after I got diagnosed, I kind of dug in and said, all right, how do you you manage your college life? And so I learned how to master my calendar, how to connect with my teachers. And that's what I taught in this course. How do you create that structure in, in a college setting? Because, I mean, you can't carry a bell with you, but you can definitely carry a calendar with you. We have all these means, whether it's analog, paper, or digital using your smartphone. So how do you build those things? How do you set up reminders to remind you you've got a 10-page paper due in three weeks? Um, And so I kind of help these students, um, ADHD and not ADHD, um, manage their collegiate life so they be successful.
0: How long did it take you to figure all that out? in
1: college it took me a good solid like five to six months because you have to understand like one that there was, this wasn't the digital age, like email. When I was in college, email was just coming online. So let me put it in that perspective, but I kind of hit my groove of figuring it out when I was in uh, getting my master's degree. You know, they came out with, I'm going to date myself a little bit, Brendan. It was a Palm pilot.
0: I remember Palm pilots. I had one of those.
1: And I remember, Looking on the web of being like, "I can sync my calendar on my computer to this small device." So what I did was, um, I was in I was in a pretty tough master's course. I took all the syllabi, every everything that professors wanted us to do, and it had to go in my Palm Pilot, every single assignment. And then I just made a list of here's everything that's due, and I had it you know listed by date. And I had four categories in my calendar. Today, this week, this month, this semester. Everything fell in this semester. And if I was going to work on it this month, because it was due that month, it moved to the month bucket. Everything that was due that week, it moved to the week bucket. Everything I was going to work on that day, I moved from the week bucket to today. So I knew exactly what I had to work on today, and I just... With my little stylus, I simply clicked the checkbox and it went away. and went into completed. And then I'd move something from week over. I'm moving some from month over to week. I move something from this semester over to month. So I always had this little assembly line cue of this is what you have to work on. And it was sacrosanct. Like I had to get it done. There was no choice in the matter.
0: That's awesome. And one of the things that I like the most about that is the fact that you're moving things over when you finish something. Right. So like you said, like I finished up this thing that I had to do today, that disappears. And because that disappeared, now I can move something from this week over to today, from the month over to this week and from the semester over to the month, because that keeps you in the rhythm. Yeah. What you didn't do was finish something and then go, all right.
1: Oh, I'm done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great.
1: Another practice I had, and I had, I started doing this when I was an undergrad with my, I have an English degree um, and a special education degree, but I was an English major and we had to read books all the time. I mean, we had, every professor was like, you guys are reading seven books a semester. And so I went to my English professor and I'm like, this is just, this is a little much. Like, I don't know how I'm managing all this reading. This is my, my sophomore year. And she looks at me, and she goes, "Where? Uh, what book are you working on right now?" And I said, "Invisible Man." She said, "Where is it?" I go, "The book." She's like, "Yeah, where is it?" I go, "It's in my. It's in my resident hall. It's in my room." She says, "That's your mistake, Ryan. You have to carry the books with you if you want to read them. That's the strange thing about books." <laughs> and I, and I looked at her like oh my gosh. She says, and she pulled out a book she was reading. She goes, this goes with me wherever I go in the car to a doctor's appointment to lunch. It is in my hand. So if I can get five pages done while I wait for something, I have five pages done while I waited for something. And, And I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. And so to this day at 44 years old, I carry a book with me. Cool. Whether it's in my iPad or it's, you know, my, my phone, but normally it's a physical book. So that if I'm waiting, we all wait for stuff. Yep. We're all like, Oh, I gotta wait for this or this. But if we have that book, it's like, Oh, I can get six pages done. And if I can do that, you know, five times a week, that's 30 pages. I can start burning through books on a
0: much faster clip. Cool. So what book are you reading right now? I am reading, it's the sixth
1: book of The Expanse series. The sci-fi just did series one and two of The Expanse. And this is book six. So I'm kind of reading ahead. I haven't started the series on television yet, but when I start a series, I like to burn it all the way through. I don't like to like read one and two and then take a break. Like, no, I'm in it to win it. So I just, uh, (laughs) I'm like, let's go. And I hate reading a series that isn't completed yet, so his last book in this series comes out um early November, so I'll be just in time for that.
0: You said it took you about five to six months to nail down the level of productivity required for college and the structure of that. Let's save the listeners a few months, maybe yes. not all five, but at least four yes. of them. What are some of the things that you learned that can be implemented by our listeners?
1: I want your listeners. I know it sounds strange, Brendan, please please stay with me, listeners. I need the listeners to build some sort of like bad cave fortress of solitude. Um, when we're ADHD and I'm going to mix my metaphors, it's like, Brennan, are you a Star Trek
0: fan? I'm more of a Star Wars guy, but Star Trek's fine. Yeah. But you're, you're aware of it. Like, I am, you
1: know, you not like, I don't have to break that down. So you can always, people can always picture whatever show they've watched when everyone's on the bridge of the ship. And our ADHD, everybody's got a bridge, like this little, we call it executive function, where everything is kind of managed. Like, that's where our reminders pop up. It's where we figure things out when when we kind of have this system. And our ADHD brains, um, our executive function can kind of, the bridge can kind of go down for a bit. And so we have to kind of reroute power. And that's our trick, is that we're able to reroute power. So... Cause we can get kind of stuck in our own HD of like, what decisions should I make? Should I fire the lasers? Should we evasive maneuvers? Like, what do we do? Like we can kind of get stuck and we have to reroute power to, to make that happen. And so what I tell people is, you know, make yourself a, a way that that power doesn't leave you, that, that you've, you're able to reroute that power to get the bridge back and up and running. So um, I tell students this. I want them to make a bag, get it like a, a, a backpack that really isn't used that much, and I want people to fill it with, like, pens and pencils, um, index cards, notebooks. It's like this emergency kit for studying and always having your stuff together to study because what I find a lot of college students do and a lot of high school students do When I'm coaching them, I'm like, so what happened? Like, why didn't this studying happen? They're like, oh, I forgot my book at school. Oh, I forgot. I didn't have this with me. I didn't have this with me. So that that gets in the way. So I tell people like, have one place for all this stuff and have an emergency bag. So if you can't find something, you've got like your secret stash.
0: That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, I, I use it for writing. So in the trunk of my car, there's an indiscreet Trader Joe's bag and it just has like, everything a writer needs, and it has an emergency uh, battery for my phone and the, uh, an extra cable for my um, computer. So if I go to Starbucks, I'm like, whoops, I forgot <laughs> something. I can reach into that bag, but the deal is I have to refill it.
0: That's how my backpack works. I've got a backpack, um, and I have an extra charger for my phone. I've got, um, I've got index cards. I've got pens and pencils. I've got business cards just in case I need those. Yep. Anytime I leave the house, that backpack comes with me. Yep. So I'm with you. Highlighters. Yeah. Highlighters are so Oh uh, sticky notes.
1: Yeah, some Sharpies. Yeah. Yep. Um, but and it also will reduce our anxiety because we know that it's there. Like, hey, I can I'm
0: not lost. That's um, a really good point. That's yeah. a really that's a really important point.
1: Yeah. It reduces your anxiety. So anxiety is the fuel for the worst parts of our ADHD. When we are in fear and anxiety the bridge completely goes, it just won't, just, you got nothing. Um, and so I try to build these things that completely reduce my, my anxiety. The, the second thing I would tell for your listeners, for high school, college students, your calendar needs, and, and people will fight me on this. You're going to get nasty emails about this. I will address <laughs> them, Brandon, one calendar, just one calendar. You got to commit to one. Yes. Some people are like, I like digital analog. That's great. But no, like, I'm, I veto that. The ADHD, you know, high council vetoes that. Reality vetoes that. Um, and in that calendar, everything goes. If you're in college, all your syllabi information goes in there. You're, the office, I want people to write in the schedule of their office, their professor's office hours in there. Even if it's not needed, they can then see it because they don't want to go back because then they're like, oh, what's that professor's office hours? Oh, I got to find the syllabi, all that. Everything goes in the calendar from lunch to every, just everything has to go in there. Practice just better time management.
0: I've watched my clients trip and fall down because they have a work calendar and a personal life calendar.
1: kiss to death.
0: It is because... Those things conflict sometimes. And if you don't have them in the same calendar, then you don't know that they're conflicting. And it especially happens for students. Kids are still at the whim of their parents to some degree, depending on how old they are. So they have to know that there's a family reunion coming up and they're not going to get any schoolwork done because they're going to be, I don't know, in Maine doing a family reunion or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's like trying to live in two different houses. Like something is going to fall through the cracks. Like you cannot, you, you can't do it. Yep. So this is kind of a minor one, but I, I would have my students go and they I would give them a little index card. They'd have to write their professors' names on it, write their office hours uh, and then write a checkbox. And they had to they had two weeks to see all of their professors' office hours and just to introduce themselves to the person. And here's why. People will treat office hours at a college like an emergency room and then i tell them like oh i went to my office hours to plead for mercy because i'm failing the class and tomorrow's the final i'm like no that ship has sailed brah they don't know you at all you are stranger danger i said you need to meet them in their office hours at the beginning one you know where their office is and, uh, I would actually, and I would take it a step further and I said, if the professor's okay with it, I want you to take their picture with them, like selfie the situation. I want them to take, sit down, get to know them. Why do you teach this class? What's your favorite class? What should I be looking forward to? What are your tips? And I would say, this is like the 101. If you want to go to the 201, I would say, make it a regular thing that you drop in at college office hours every two weeks to develop that relationship how i did this is um at illinois state i had to take biology i had to take 12 hours of biology i was i had a english degree and a special education degree well majors at the time and for some reason we had to take 12 hours of biology it was terrible like we weren't i wasn't planning on like operating on kids i just wanted to like teach them so um <laughs> i was in this biology class and i just i couldn't i couldn't get it i couldn't he he might as well have been speaking Greek. I just could not get it going. And um I visited his office hours every week and I went over the notes and I would bomb that test. Every and I did this for a semester. It wasn't one test, it was four tests. I got like Cs and D's throughout. And when I got oh. my my and I and literally I would I would have flashcards, I would show him what I knew, and I would get to the test. And I was like, did we did I ever look at this? Like and then bomb it. And then we'd review the test and, and all this. And then, um, you know, he, I got a C in the class. I did not deserve a C in the class, but I knew he was like, oh my gosh, if I have to see this guy one more time, I'm going to lose it. Cause I, I just, <laughs> cause, and I remember this, his office hours were like two to four once a week. And I was there, I would get there at two, no one would show up. And so I had him till four. I got two hours of tutoring. I'm like, sorry, bro. I got to pass this class.
0: And he also knew you cared and knew you were trying. Oh yeah. So when he was
1: like, Oh, this guy, man, like he is, he puts in the, like he puts in the work. Yeah. That uh, might've
0: been part of why you passed. It might not have just been, I want to get rid of him. It might've been, he's trying, he's doing, doing everything he can.
1: Yeah. So I, I would have people visit, you know, their office hours.
0: That's great because building that relationship, which is sort of, that's sort of the essence of what you're talking about, right? Is, Is building that relationship with, with your professors and with the teachers that you're going to be learning from. And so that they see you as a person and you see them as a person. And now all of a sudden the little flaws, the little things that might otherwise trip you up are less likely to trip you up because you get a little more empathy. You get a little more compassion.
1: They see you for who you are and you know, and you see them for who they are. Like I said, you know, I've had professors that because I built relationship with them, I was able to, you know, get that internship or get that recommendation, I said, you want to start this like right now, building these, this sort of, I don't want to use the term networking, but you want to just build those relationships. Oh, I've meet a lot of my ADHD clients and, and that's a hard job for them to, you know, they just see it as like a problem. A person is a problem to solve, not a person to know. And so, um, yeah, so I would say definitely hit your office hours.
0: All right. So we have office hours. We've got calendars. We've got a study kit, a study emergency kit.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: What What else do we need to do?
1: This would probably be, and this would be hard for high school students. For college students, I would say this. The rookie move that I'd see college students make all the time is they study at night. They study at night. And I tell them, I'm like, when do the when does the fun happen at college? So they're like, it happens at night time. I go, "Why are you studying during that time?" I have no idea. And I said, "Okay, well, all right, because they're so used to high school, getting off the bus at 4, grabbing something to eat and then studying, you know, all that time. They're they're used to studying at night. Their brain is conditioned for it. But in college you can blow that out of the water. So what I would tell students is like, if you have a class from 9 to 10 and a class from 1 to 2. What do you do? like, oh, I go back to my resident hall. I'm like, no, please don't do that. If your mind is in a study mode because you just got out of class 9 to 10, your brain is like, oh, we're studying now. We're on the college campus. I said, stay on campus until your very last class or until at least 4 o'clock and use that time in the library or wherever it is to study so that when you leave the campus, you're done for the day. Because yep. what you what you do is you're you're taking your brain to fifth gear, putting it in first, trying to get into fifth gear and you're you're grinding all these gears because you're switching so many times. So you want to stay you want to stay focused in in on the campus. So I'm like just go to the library, rewrite your notes. Go to the library and just take a chunk out of an assignment you have. Whatever it is, but stay on campus. And then when you get to your resident hall, have dinner and you're done. Like you got tomorrow, you did your studying, you've read your books, you've worked on your papers. Um, We're so portable now with what we can do. But if you're in your resident hall, if you're in your dorm room with uh, with your roommate, they don't want you to study. You don't want to study. You want to, you know, you want to watch season two of Voltron. Like that's what you want to do. Like then do it. But if you have, it goes back to the anxiety. If you're like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. You don't enjoy either. You're not getting your work done and you're not really enjoying the activity you're doing because you've got this this looming test tomorrow that you didn't crack a book for. So I would say do not study at night. And then the killer hour to study, I would say is between, on Saturdays, between 8 and 11 a.m. There is nothing worthwhile going to a co- on a college campus going on on Saturday between 8 a.m. and 11. Nothing. <laughs> Get up and do it. Oh, no, no, that's my day to sleep in. No, no, sunshine. Get up and do it, and then the day is – then you can blow Saturday. You can take a nap, do whatever we want. But your roommate's not up. No one – no one is in the library, brother. No one. It is your kingdom. Reign supreme on a Saturday morning. Go do it. So –
0: yeah that's a really good point. The role of timing in college and and uh, understanding the rhythms of college and and then making those rhythms work for you rather than against you. That's right. That's really great
1: yeah i can't I can't say that enough
0: i because I've talked to my clients who are in college about like stay on campus, do the work while you're there. but i never I never really thought of it as the rhythm of campus. I always thought of it as you have the opportunity in that moment, like you've got two hours between classes, use it to study. But I didn't think of it in terms of, oh right, everybody studies at night because that's how you get trained in high school. So that's a really good point. You're sort of echoes of times gone by that don't really serve you anymore because you're not in high school.
1: Yeah, I, and, I, and that's that's why I see college students just mess it up. Where I'm like, why are you fighting against the current of what you want to do? And, it, and it's a lot of it's high school conditioning. They're used to studying at night just because of the schedule. But if they can just crank two to three hours, then they're they're done. And and you block that time off. You know, if you've got chemistry 9 to 10 and you've got English seminar 2 to 3, that blank space in your calendar is like, oh, this is just fun free time. No, you have to put a block of time of like lunch, library,
0: done. I know when I was in college, I screwed that up. If I had two hours between classes, I had two hours for lunch. Like I was just like, oh, I'm going to go and eat for ever and talk to my friends and not do my work and then i'm up until 2 a.m trying to get those books read because i was a i was a creative writing major which is just the side of english right, right. yeah but i was reading the probably the same amount of books as you were reading mm-hmm. and uh oh, that stuff's awful i learned early on that you have to bring them where, wherever you're going and that's another solid point like that that's one that even kids in elementary school and middle school once you're reading those books independently just bring your books wherever you go right mom and dad are taking you to the dentist, bring a book with you. Not the iPad. Don't ask for the iPad. Bring a book with you. Yeah. You know. And mom and dad, if your kids are in elementary school and middle school, make sure they have their books with them. Yes. If you have to run errands and your kid's coming with you, then make sure they've got The Hobbit with them or they've got, I don't know, How to Eat Fried Worms or whatever the book is that they're reading. Make sure they're bringing it with so that they can get that reading done for their book report or for the test that's coming up or whatever it may be. And uh, like my sons and I, yesterday, we went to see uh, Brad Meltzer. He's an author. He was at a local bookstore. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we went there, but it was like a 45-minute drive to go see him. So I picked him up right at the end of school, and we drove off to see him. He sort of did his presentation, and we wanted to wait in line to get his autograph, but the line was too long, and I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, we're going to get home so late if we get this autograph. So, all right, we're going to have to bail. So we're heading home, and they're hungry, understandably. So we hit McDonald's. But I picked them up right from school. So they had their backpacks with them. And I was like, all right, guys, I know there's a play place. That's great. But you know what? You're doing your homework. We're going to sit down and eat chicken nuggets and do your homework. And they did. They banged out their homework in no time. And I let them go and play. And I mean, probably the worst part of that was they had to eat McDonald's, which isn't the best choice, but I needed something quick. Right. Oh, no. But that, I mean, that speaks to a bunch of the things you've talked about, right? And my guys are eight. They're not even in college. Right. Right. We've got that emergency study kit. In this case, it's just their backpack. They just had the supplies they needed. Um, I had a pen because I have an emergency writing kit. And it also was finding that hollow time, right? Just like the book, finding that time that's empty and using it to get the work done that you need to get done. So the the things that you're sharing with us also work for younger kids. This isn't just college And, and older too. Like, and as an adult, these strategies are all solid as well. Right. One of the things that sort of is... Underlying some of the stuff you've talked about is the social aspect of college that changed Mm. level of of social difficulties. So how do you help kids navigate that? Yeah,
1: so I was a resident director. I handled like high level roommate conflicts. I would, I was the person who if you broke our policies, you'd have a conversation with me. Um, I was the guy who if you're having a party at two in the morning and you couldn't figure out how to like stop having that party. I was the guy who helped you figure that out. At two in the morning, I would show up. I, would, you know, was like kind of the hammer. But uh <laughs> when it comes to social activities, I find freshman year is usually the hardest. I usually didn't have roommate complex, conflicts, conflicts, sophomore or junior, senior. It's that freshman year where I might have one student who um he's like the youngest of eight. He's living with someone who's an only child. And then that, so they'll treat food completely different. Like that youngest of eight is like, Hey, if I don't eat the sandwich now, it's going to be gone by the time, you know, I can't leave anything in the fridge where that only child is like, like who ate my cookies? Like who dares like open the, you know? So you'll, you'll have these, you'll have these weird conflicts. The things that college students fight most over um, historically are the temperature of the room, sleep, like who's getting up when and where, and then noise. And so that's some of the stuff I had to regulate because if someone likes it hot and someone likes it cold, neither of them like it warm. So you can't really compromise on that. So that was kind of the the, the source of conflicts in a lot of college. But I would say for social things, because I'm a nerd, um, I always kept a lookout for the nerds on campus, and I could easily, I could easily identify them. They're very loner. They were, um, or they're in their room playing Warcraft. And it was hard for them to branch out because high school was such, could be such a negative experience for most, for most nerds. And then because it's negative, they have like some, some social skills that really aren't developed just yet. And, and it's because they haven't found like friends. They haven't found um, activities to get them out of their, out of their room. They face a lot of rejection, a lot of shame. And so they're like, Hey, I'm opting out. Yeah, I'm going to college, but you know, my online community is much better. And, you know, we get that. So, you know, I would do geek weeks on my college campus where we just do a week of geeky activities, whether it was an introduction to Dungeons and Dragons or we had some professors come down and talk about um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and her stake in feminism, her stake.
0: I picked up what you're putting down. Thank
1: you. So, um, (laughs) you know, it was super well attended and people loved it. But I found that, you know, I could also see the ADHD crew in that group, you know, struggling. But once they found people who not only didn't mind their Pokemon obsession, but celebrated it, it was just a lot um it just had a lot better experience. Even the introverts who are listening being like, Oh, that could never be me. I could never walk into a room of strangers. I, I get that. I get that it's hard. But I would say um Try that one event that most matches what what you like and try to make one friend, just one kind of warm connection, someone you could sit with at the lunch table in the cafeteria, just one. Right. Um, and then go from there. Because how I describe college is, like high school is like, uh, like, Brendan, what's your favorite fast food restaurant? I, know I put you on the spot, man. Sorry, You
0: did, yeah. Favorite fast food restaurant. I don't even know. Um, let's go with Papagino's. Papa And what do you eat there? Pizza. Pizza.
1: So Papa pizza. If you were in high school and you didn't like pizza, you're going to have a tough time. Because right. everybody, you watch everybody eating pizza, and you're like, man, pizza is a drag. I am over it. And everyone's like, this is great. Uh, this is, you know, peak eating right here. College is like a Las Vegas buffet. Have you ever been to like a really good buffet? Yep. Yeah. So college, everything's there. But the problem is no one brings your food to you. Like when you order at Pappuccino's, most likely someone's giving you that pizza. Where in a buffet, no one is filling your plate except you. So I see a lot of college students just sit down at a table and they're like, how do I do this? I'm like, bro, you've got to get up from the table, get a plate, where are the plates? They're over there. And you need to just, well, what if I don't like this? Then you can just... Not eat it. Like you can move on. Like you. Well, what if I only want to eat this? I'm like, well, there's other stuff here you might enjoy as well. So let's just you know, let's try something. And there's no, you don't have to eat this the rest of your life. You don't have to reeat it another day. You don't like that club or organization? Bail. But iterate until you find something you love. Keep putting stuff on your plate. College is the buffet table you eat off the rest of your life. And if you've limited your choices you know, cause you're kind of locked into fear on that, then it, then it gets a it gets a bit harder.
0: And also like pay attention, right? I talk to my, I usually this comes up with middle school and high school kids when I'm, when I'm working with them, but, but a lot of kids struggle to, to figure out what they have in common with other kids. And I'm like, you like super Mario brothers. Like you love super Mario brothers. You have such a passion for that game. Just look at the stuff hanging off kids' backpacks. If they've got a keychain or a sticker that is a Super Mario Brothers sticker, talk to that kid. Just compliment their sticker, compliment their, their keychain, and maybe the conversation goes somewhere. And if it doesn't, that's okay.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: But that's another get up out of your seat, go to the buffet, <laughs> grab some right. food, right? You have to do that on your own. You can't you can't expect that kid to walk up to you unless you exactly. You've got- Unless you have stuff hanging off your backpack, too. And maybe you do, maybe you don't. And maybe he's not going to talk to you anyway. Like, go make the effort. Right. I got that idea from one of my geekier hobbies, which is that I am a comic book collector. Yeah. And I've sold comic books at comic book conventions uh, because that's how geeky I am. I would just watch people walk by and look at their T-shirts. And I'd be like, hey, you like the Flash? I've got Flash comic books. You want to take a look at my Flash comic books? (laughs) Right. Right. And the, people would come over and they'd be like, Oh, cool. Yeah. I already have these, but I need this one. I'm like, all right, good. I just sold one book.
1: Yeah. It's a declaration of, Hey, I'm into this. Let's talk about it.
0: And then trying out new things, right. Trying out stuff you right. haven't done before. Cause maybe you're going to wind up liking it. Right. And and maybe you make a group of friends because you tried something new. I, my freshman year in college, I, uh, I was in a play Okay. just cause of, guy I knew was like, hey, I had people drop out of my play and I really need help. Can you can you help? And I was like, sure thing. So I as long as I don't have any lines. And they were like, Yep, no lines. I'm still Uh, friends with that guy. He was in my my wedding.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: Like he'll be coming over at the end of the month. Like he's that's Uh, that's what happened with that. And actually another two of the people in that play I'm still friends with. And see on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. And 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 that's causes those opportunities just to join a club, or do something that's out of your wheelhouse, and then you wind up just loving it.
0: Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at com, And don't forget to check out the website ADHDessentials.com and visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.